listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. This is the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the show. What if there was a way that you could increase the number of inbound referrals that you get? Well, we're going to talk about strategies related to that in our discussion with Michelle Carenti. Now, Michelle was creating, managing, and executing marketing strategies for lawyers in-house for a law firm when she realized that her true passion went beyond marketing and helping others find and discover the why behind their brand. Whether it was a colleague or an acquaintance, she felt an innate pull to learn what drives service professionals and business owners. She found that the best marketing strategies began with this why perspective, and that most businesses miss this key step when developing and executing their marketing strategy. We're going to talk about that today on the show. As always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions, Legal Intelligence, Suite of Products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. And by the way, make sure you connect with Michelle on our show notes. She's got some resources that I think are going to be very helpful for you. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy our conversation with Michelle Carenti today. Hey, this is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. Our guest today is Michelle Carenti, and our topic is how to get more accurate inbound referrals. Michelle, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I like that topic title because who doesn't want that, right? (laughs) Right, Uh, yeah. Somebody calls you or our listener, they've already made the decision that they're the one. So tell me from your expertise, what are some of the common, let's say, big rocks in the bucket, so to speak, that professionals and business development professionals should keep top of mind to get more accurate inbound referrals? Yeah. Well, so from my perspective, if you if you think about most businesses, I think most businesses would say that they get the best business from referrals and word of mouth, right? right? So from my perspective as a branding expert, my goal with our clients and to help other professional service firms and service professionals is to help them clarify their brand online and in person, wherever they're networking, so that people can better understand what they do and who they serve. So then they can get more accurate inbound referrals. So for me, it's all about really getting clear on A, like who is your ideal client? Who do you like to work with? And B, what's your messaging to attract that client and also to relate to other people? Like that's the kind of client that you're working with. This is the kind of services we offer. This is what you should come to me for. So that's the the overall goal. That's great. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot in what you said in the last 30 seconds. And uh-huh. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. When you have a new client, let's say it's a new uh, law firm, maybe he's a partner in a big firm or managing partner of a small firm. Does that person already think that they understand who they are? I understand who I am. I know what my brand is. I'm just not getting inbound calls. Is that kind of a common thing that you've noticed? Yes. And I would say it, it over. it goes beyond law firms. So I love working with law firms. and That's definitely our primary niche. But We also work with professional service firms. And I would say like across the board, especially in networking groups that I'm in, I think one of the biggest pitfalls is that people don't, they think that they're doing a good job with their messaging or the way they present themselves or their elevator pitch, but they're really not doing a great job. Yeah. And why do you say that? How do you know that with certainty when you say that? Well, so I've been experimenting a little bit in my own networking groups. And essentially, like when people give their pitches or they talk about themselves, they tend to be very general and they tend to assume that people understand what they do already or 
my favorite is I'll try to pry a little bit. And someone will say like, for example, um, I provide, you know, insurance or the like, and then I'll say like, Oh, who do you like to work with? And they'll say like, Oh, anyone, I can work with anyone, any business owner. (laughs) And of course, like, yes, that's true. I agree. I think most people would argue that they could offer their expertise to pretty much anyone at, at certain capacities. However, I think it's unhelpful when you're networking, especially if you're a part of an industry that has a lot of people that are like you, like people know a lot of people like you. I think it's hard for people to give you more accurate inbound referrals and think of you when you're not really giving them anything to work off of. For example, if you provide insurance for business owners, instead of saying generally that you provide business insurance, you can pick a niche to own in the group that you're in. Or sometimes I like to, if people get scared of saying a niche and think that they're going to like pigeonhole themselves, I like to tell them, you can clarify, like, I can help anyone, but I love working with like real estate, you know, or all that kind of stuff. So there's definitely ways for you to say it without pigeonholing yourself. That's great. And my guess is that there's somebody listening right now saying, ah, that doesn't apply to me. But Uh when you said people know a lot of people just like you, they do. And they know, I mean, I'm a dime a dozen. There's a lot of people that Uh do what I do. And I've had to kind of think through that and really dig into my unique distinction and all that stuff. So, so that's interesting. So you really think that that kind of niching really causes people to, to say, that's the one I want to work with, right? Yeah. Well, it helps people. My biggest thing is I love teaching people about brand awareness and essentially like the stages of brand recognition. So when people become aware of you and what you do or your services or your company, that's when they build this brand awareness. And then over time, as they get to know you and like you and trust you and work with you, they build a preference to working with you. And then eventually the goal is you want to hit brand loyalty. You want people to be loyal to your brand. You want people to be sending referrals to you. You want customers to constantly come back to you for work. So essentially, the goal of building this brand recognition is over time, people are going to know and like you and understand you. And they will, they'll know how to refer things to you and they'll know when to come to you for help. It makes makes more sense in their brain. They build this association. That's great. I like that. And I liked what you said about brand awareness and stages of brand recognition. Let, can we talk about that for a second? What are the different stages? Uh-huh. So where would we start at the different stages of brand recognition? So there's stages below that I don't really focus on, but they're the ones where it's like, there's actually the first stage is technically, or there's one stage that's like people have a negative association with you. <laughs> like it's like they don't want to work with you at all. And then there's a stage where they have no idea you exist, which is where a lot of people fall. And then from there, it's brand awareness where people become aware of you or your firm and what you do. And then as you build clientele and people that like working with you, that's when you have this brand preference. That's when people choose you over other options that they have in the market. And then eventually you have certain clients, which is the goal, where they have brand loyalty, where they will always come to you no matter what. Even if they don't know if you're necessarily the person to go to, they're going to come to you first and they're going to ask you questions. And if you can't help them, you'll put them in the right direction. So the goal is ultimately to build that brand loyalty. Yeah, right. So it seems like the brand preference, that's the phase that's critical. Mm -hmm. That's the inflection Mm -hmm. point. Do they turn Mm -hmm. to somebody else or do they turn to you? So why do why do people choose certain providers over another? What do you think tilts the odds in our favor in terms of being a brand of choice, in terms of brand preference? It's definitely a mix of things. I think the assumption is, unless you've done something to prove otherwise, you're an expert and you know what you're doing and you're competent. And I think that especially goes for attorneys, because I think a lot of attorneys rely on the fact that they're like, well, people are going to hire me because I'm good at what I do. And I'm like, okay. 
everyone assumes that attorneys knows what they're doing, know what they're doing, unless they prove it otherwise. So <laughs> we're just going to set that to the side for a second. So I think ultimately it's about, it's a mix of things. So obviously people are going to choose who they know, like, and trust. That's what I firmly believe in. So ultimately it's going to be this connection you have with someone where they feel like they can trust you. They like working with you. At least those are the best business relationships in my opinion. But also to create that relationship, you can work on this brand recognition and this brand awareness where you're really providing value to people that you're talking to, providing value online, like social media, you're sharing your expertise, you're letting people know what you do. So people will come to you for that help or be like, oh, they understand what they're doing. You know, Scott knows what he's doing. I'll come to him. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's, that's interesting. So what do you think are the common themes that you work with with people at the different stages? Are you working with most people at the brand preference stage? Is that where you're kind of focused on? It depends. So we'll have clients come to us that are starting a firm or a company. And that's definitely a time when it's going to be like, let's build that brand awareness. Let's announce the brand. Let's like explain what you do. Let's everyone understand like what's going on with this company. Mm-hmm. And then eventually with most of our long-term clients, it is that brand preference where we're working on creating more of those clients that are choosing them over other people, clients that are like coming to them over other, you know, brand building that brand loyalty where they only come to them for help. So that's like the ultimate. Wow. That's where that's wow. where we head over time. Yeah. So what are the common problems that most of your clients have in the area of brand awareness? I would say it's definitely a mix. I think one of the most common things is people will also I wouldn't necessarily say this applies to our clients because I think our clients understand the importance of branding and they get it. But I think a lot of people in the professional service world, they think I kind of get marketing, but I don't think it's worth my time or my money or my investment in either time and or money. And I think it's a major downfall because they don't recognize um, that they're missing out on these opportunities to allow a bigger audience to know who they are and what they do. And I think they also miss out when it comes to like investing in it if they don't want to do it themselves, which let's just, you know, attorneys are busy. They make a lot of money doing legal work. They don't make a lot of money marketing, you know, well, they will, but not, <laughs> not, they're not great at it per se, most of them. So some of them get a hold up when they try to, when they kind of try to conceptualize investing in it or spending money on it, but they have to think in terms of what's the value of getting a client from this or a value of having a better referral come in from this. And if that value is, you know, X amount of money and you're going to spend a fraction of that on marketing, or perhaps one client will make that marketing worth it for the year, you know, that's like a it's kind of a no-brainer. But when your brain doesn't think that way, you're like, I don't want to spend that much on marketing. And it's like, but think about the the trade-off. One good client will pay for that marketing for the the year. And you had solid branding. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. Absolutely right. So what are some of the pitfalls that you think most people, besides this, they just can't get over the hurdle of making that investment? What are some other things that you've seen? Is it lack of self-awareness? Is it hubris? What are some of the pitfalls that really keep people from reaching their potential in terms of uh, building that brand? Mm -hmm. Definitely what we were talking about where they either don't understand the value of branding and marketing or they don't want to invest in it. I also think a lot of people will say, I can do that myself. I'll get around to it. Or they do a little bit of a hodgepodge of marketing or branding when in reality, most professionals are busy. I get it. I'm, I'm a busy gal too. So I, I understand. But sometimes we think I'll get around to it and you don't. And I've fallen into that trap myself. I also think 
what we talked about earlier, how people don't, they're not specific about what they do or who they work with, especially this is a big thing I like to get across for networking groups in particular, because again, in a networking group, let's just say like you're in a networking group that has a seat for every industry. You're one of a million that people know in that industry. You need to get more specific about who you like to work with, what you do, how you can help, what value you provide. And then I would say the last big thing, which I believe we touched on earlier a little bit at the least, was assuming that people know what you do and who you want to work with. I think that's a huge one, especially I see that a lot in the legal world. The, the, they'll say like, I am a business litigator. And then everyone just blazes over. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, <laughs> we, need to, we need to help paint a picture here. So people build this brand association in their brain. That's the other thing that we didn't really touch on that much earlier. But brand association is huge when it comes to networking and creating really good referral sources. You want to paint this picture so people start to associate you with what you do. And they I understand when to come to you. Yeah. So tell me a story then of an organization you work with, and you don't have to mention the name, of course, but what uh-huh. was it like when you first connected with them? What were the problems that they have? Kind of tell me the arc. What did you do? And then what was the result? How was, what was the payoff of that? Yeah. I'll have to be a little bit vague, but I would say a good example would be we had a legal client come to us and initially we were doing their marketing and things were going great and we loved what we were doing. But then one day... A little, a few months in, we had this conversation where it was very clear that they didn't understand their ideal client, or rather, they didn't even relay the ideal client at the time. And this was years ago, back when we didn't start with the ideal client profile, which we do now with most of our clients. But we had this conversation where I was like, wait a second, who's the person that you really want to be marketing to? And like, who's the primary clients that you are working with? And we had a conversation about how it's actually very high net worth clientele and that that's who they want to be attracting. But that isn't the messaging that they had or that we were starting with. So we pivoted their marketing, their branding to focus on these high net worth clientele. And now it's way more focused on topics that serve that clientele, topics that are actually valuable to them. And it's allowing their audiences, again prospects who are interested and can understand what they're going for. And also referrals will better understand who to send them for more complicated issues. And they've definitely seen this you know, turn where they're receiving better inbound referrals, better prospects coming in because the messaging is proper now. It's all focused towards this high net worth clientele that has more expertise and can understand more complex topics. And they understand that they're there to help them through these complex legal issues as opposed to before where it was a little more generalized. Yeah. Interesting. And so when you mentioned the ideal client profile, is that like, is that something you help them with? And what does that mean exactly? Yeah. At the very least with all of our clients now, we touch on that to a certain extent, but now we do offer a whole service for it as well for clients that want to really dive deep into it. But what we're getting into there is essentially the breakdown of who they would love to work with. And that is everything from, I'm not just talking about like, you know, I like to work with this company in this industry at this size. We're breaking it down to who is the touch point person at that like company that you're working with or what's their personality traits. You know, like we're breaking it down to see this is the kind of person you want to be working with. And this is the person that we should be gearing our messaging towards. You know, like we should be focusing on them and what they would want to hear, what's keeping them up at night all the things that can provide really valuable content to focus on them. That's great. So let me ask you, what was it that surprised you the most from COVID in branding? What out of COVID, people coming out of COVID, they're in it. We saw that 
I mean, you were there. <laughs> you know, you saw that we could yeah. we could pivot, and for a lot of us, things were okay. And there are some of us that really saw some real revelations. What right. were the biggest revelations that you saw from COVID as it relates to the work that you do with your clients? I think it really amplified for some people the power of marketing and how important it is, especially when it comes to having a presence and a really strong brand online. I definitely saw an influx of people coming to me wanting to take marketing and branding more seriously. I definitely have clients that prior to COVID, they understood the importance of branding, but they weren't you know, necessarily investing in it. But as soon as COVID started really taking over, people really recognized like, oh, it's valuable for me to have a really strong and consistent presence online and for that messaging to be really strong. And I also just think the overall thing is that it made everything faster for a lot of professional services. We're used to, you know, setting up a lunch meeting from a month from now and then potentially that meeting getting moved, especially if it's an attorney that has a court case, you know, like that they have to go into court for. So now it's like you can have these meetings quicker and you can get down to business quicker and you're going to get more of these well worthwhile meetings if you're doing the branding work online and when you're networking. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. So tell us then if we could kind of bring it to three action steps. If Mm -hmm. people hear what you're talking about, they understand they need to have an ideal client profile. Uh They need to look at what the brand, you know, the different phases and focus on that brand preference phase. What would be three action steps you would give to our listeners where they can really kind of sink their teeth into this and get started on this right away? Mm -hmm. I would say the first thing is sit down. And even if you don't know what an ideal client profile is, give it a Google or give me a call. Sit down, write out, think of if you can't, if you don't really want to look up an exercise or want to work with someone like me, you sit down and think about your favorite clients and start writing out the attributes that they have. You know, think about what makes them a really good client and why you would want to multiply them by like, you know, 100 to work with a hundred of them. Then I would say the next step is take a close look at your messaging and make sure it's attracting that ideal client. And I also like to remind people with this step, make sure the messaging that you're saying when you're networking or when you're talking to someone matches your website, your LinkedIn, everything. Everything should match. And if it doesn't, that means you've been refining your messaging, probably verbally, but not updating anything online. So people are going to talk to you and they're going to be like, that sounds great. And then they're going to go check your website because all of us do. We do before we hire someone. We always, even to check like you know contact information. And if that messaging doesn't apply, we're like, that doesn't match anything they told me about. So definitely take a close look at your messaging and make sure it's attracting them, your ideal client. And then the third step I would say is start posting consistently online to build that brand awareness and that association that we talked about for prospects and referrals. So just start getting in the habit of posting and think about your ideal client and what they would want to hear. And if you need help with that, we do have free a couple free downloadable offers on our website. One is questions to consider to build and clarify your brand. So that's something that can help you think about your messaging. And then also we have LinkedIn tips for posting. So if you're kind of at a dead end for where to start there, well, you can take a look at that and maybe get some inspiration. That's great. And we'll put those links on the show notes so that people can go there and download that. And I appreciate you offering that up, Michelle. And then tell us about your services. What is it that you do that you offer that you'd like our listeners to know about? Yeah. So we just released our 2023 services menu, which is super exciting. We still have our so our core services are branding, content marketing, and photography. Obviously, photography is you know regional or <laughs> depends on the location that you're at. But our breadth of services have expanded under those core services. So now we can do things like uncover your ideal client profile, 
so you can have more of a clear lens for making these strategic decisions and creating more strategic targeted content. So yeah, there's a lot of fun things we've got going on. So definitely check out our website if you're interested. But our biggest thing is helping build and clarify brands and building that brand association. That's great. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Michelle. Thanks for being a great guest and sharing a lot of good nuggets. And I'm sure we'll have you back on the show here in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.